Today's episode of Board Games Daily is powered by Brotherwise Games. Check out Call to Adventure, which is available for pre-order right now by heading to brotherwisegames.com slash store. That's brotherwisegames.com slash store, where you can claim your copy of Call to Adventure. Craft your hero, claim your destiny. Today's episode is also powered by Perplexed Games. Check out Roll and Write on Kickstarter right now. It's a game of rolling, writing, and erasing to get special abilities. The link is in the show notes, but you can check it out from now until March 29th on Kickstarter. Get in on this one. It's only 29 bucks. Again, that's Roll and Write from Perplexed Games. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. It's another day here at Board Games Daily. It's Wednesday, so that means we're kicking off a new topic for the week. We're going to discuss some cool, I guess, pillar games. Games that have stood the test of time as a staple in certain genres, so that's going to be pretty awesome. Plus, lots of of gameplay happening here amongst the folks of Board Games Daily. So we'll be recapping some of that, and we'll also be introducing sort of a new version of the first impression, what we like to call the cleanup. I don't know. It's something we're trying out. We recorded a few segments as we were cleaning up a game after we had played it for the first time. So we're going to roll out one of those today. Stay tuned for that. Of course, I must remind you of a few things before we get going. One is the hotline, 216-352-3864. You can use that for all kinds of reasons. Call us to ask us questions, to to conversate with us. (laughs) or to, you know, talk with us, respond to the the topics that we're doing, uh, all kinds of things. We'd love to hear from you. Be a part of the show by getting in and reacting on 216-352-3864. Don't forget the cage fight is still raging on. You can get in on that. The quest for El Dorado versus uh, Jamaica. Go to our Twitter page at Board Games Daily. It's pinned to the top. There's a poll there. You can vote for it. Let us know who wins that cage fight for you. And of course, the contest for Space Park is going on until April 1st. You will be able to enter by simply being on our mailing list. So listen, if you're on the mailing list already, don't unsubscribe and then resubscribe. Just stay on it because if you're on it, you're in the contest. You don't need to earn points or anything like that. Just go and enter the the mailing list. If you're not on it, just go to theologyofgames.com. There's a newsletter button at the top. You can click that or you can scroll down on the sidebar. There's a little form there. You just give us your name and your email address and click. Boom, you're in. Make sure you confirm it on the email that you'll get when you when it gets sent to your box. Uh, once you're confirmed, you're on the list and you're in the contest for a free copy of Space Park from our good friends at Keymaster Games. And I have taken way too much of your time talking about this show. Let's get into the show. Thanks again for tuning in. It's Board Games Daily. You can be more than just a listener. 
If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. Hey there, AJ here, and I'm giving you the Monday night or not so really Monday night game night recap. The reason I say that is recently uh, I've decided that I will not be hosting my regular game night anymore. It just so happened that I was able to have a friend over uh, last night, which was Monday night. That was Jeremiah, um, just through some good circumstances that came about. And so fortunately, we were able to play um, a couple games, actually three new games. We were able to play uh, three new to us. We were able to play the re-release of Targi by Cosmos Games, uh, and we were able to play uh, Root, which was also a really cool game, and we're gonna, you're going to hear more about that later. And we also played a game by Brotherwise Games called Call to Adventure. Now, I'm excited to talk about this one a little bit more. You'll hear my and Jeremiah's first take on it uh, very soon. But I'm also going to do a separate uh, little news segment on it in a few moments here uh, for the solo uh, gameplay. So Jeremiah and I played a competitive gameplay. He actually beat me the other night, but it's no big deal. I crushed him in root, so whatever. Uh, So we played a competitive version of this game. I had a great time with Call to Adventure, and uh, there is a solo and cooperative mode too. So you're gonna be hearing about the solo mode right about now. All right, everybody. So I just finished my solo playthrough of Call to Adventure, and I had a really good time playing it. Um, I actually did a time lapse of it, so if you're interested in seeing that, you can check it out uh, on our Instagram page. Check us out at Theology of Games on Instagram, and uh, you can check out the time lapse there. It's pretty cool. Um, What I liked about it was it was as simple as playing the game uh, with, uh, if you're playing it um, competitively. Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to pull out one of the adversary cards and there's going to be another card that goes with it that's going to kind of tell you what to do as you play the game. Different adversaries are going to have different things that happen when you fail missions or when you acquire certain things. And they even have their own deck that you're going to build for them where cards are going to come out and they're going to affect the gameplay for you. Uh, The way that you would lose to the adversary is if the adversary gets a certain amount of experience they get experience upon you losing or failing missions uh, or, or challenges that you try and complete. So every time you do that, they get an experience point. And I think in a solo game, they can have up to six. And then once they get six, you lose. The other thing, um, the other thing you want to do is you just want to try and accomplish your best score as you're building your character. So I did almost lose. Now, I guess it was close. Uh, my adversary, who was the wolf, had four experience points out of the six they could have had. So I failed some missions, but I just had a great time building my character. I love seeing the artwork on the card and actually choosing an adventure path um, as I gain cards, choosing the top or bottom of the card to just kind of develop who my character was. And so I had a great time playing it. I love the cards. I love the player boards. I love the artwork. Um, I've had a great time so far with this. Oh, and the runes are really cool too. Um, I'm not so sure about how they fall on the table, um, but they're just like two-sided, so you really got to toss them up, shake them up in your hands and toss them. But other than that, 
I mean, I still have a real, a real good time with those because they're just pretty to look at and just different than dice or cards. So heck, I'll take it. That is it. Solo playthrough of uh, Call to Adventure. Really liked it. Make sure you check it out. That's it for now. Check you later. Okay, well, here we are. It's the cleanup again with AJ and Jeremiah. We just played Call to Adventure. It came, it showed up on my doorstep this afternoon. Got it on the table this evening, which was very exciting. Uh, this is the latest from Brotherwise Games. You may know Brotherwise from Boss Monster and uh, what's the other one? Unearth. So this is the latest from them. The, the catchphrase is, well, you may hear them in the uh, intro of this episode as the presenting sponsor. So big shout out to them for that. But uh, craft your hero, claim your destiny. So concept of the game is you craft a hero. You have an origin, a journey. Is that the middle part? I forget the, uh. the name of the middle part. And then a destiny. So you're kind of working towards this like three act play of your hero's life and big like oversized tarot sized cards um, and it kind of feels a little bit like a deck builder where you're or even maybe an engine builder where you're adding these cards to your tableau and when you add cards you get icons which add runes that you can throw for these challenges that you're trying to do because there's bad guys that come out there's monsters that come out and if you defeat them then cool you you get points or there's challenges of like maybe you're trying to defend a city or you could decide to sacrifice your army which would give you bad points give you villainy points uh so it's a very uh i don't know i i kind of look at it like kind of an, a, a deck builder slash engine builder uh as far as kind of how it plays out mechanically in my mind I, I guess that's probably how I approached it to make it make sense for me how I was playing the game anyway what do you think I'm talking too much yeah it was it was <laughs> definitely what you said we it was an engine builder which I wasn't really understanding that it was an engine builder quite right right off the bat yeah and and it was kind of this it was kind of a confusing concept at first because I didn't know what to expect but we're like crafting this hero and I'm thinking that I'm building a character for this RPG that maybe I'm about to begin. But not only am I doing that, but I I have all this stuff that's working towards this endgame goal, which is going to score me a ton of points. And it kind of seemed in the moment like, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing here. But then as soon as like it all came together at the end of the game, it was like... I don't know. It was like eye-opening. And it was like, oh, that's what I was doing the whole time. Yeah, and, yeah. And... I don't think that everybody will have that experience. It's late, and, <laughs> and you know we were reading the rules for the first time, and so I had that experience. But when, like I said, when I got to the end of the game, I I'm actually thinking about running this back probably tomorrow, doing a solo playthrough because yeah. there is a solo vari variant and a co-op variant, which is very uh, interesting yeah. as well. Yeah, which I want to kind of look into that and see how those play, um, but. You know, first first run at this, I thought it was cool. Guys, this game looks great. It is 
a really well designed game, but the graphic design, the artwork is unbelievable. All these cards have this cool like fantasy adventure artwork. It's really a slick looking game. Uh, the other thing is, is there's an expansion coming out for it. So I believe that's out soon, uh, if not already. And I'm looking at the box right now and there's the, the cards are kind of separated in three, the three acts, the first, second and third act. And the tray, the insert that holds them which is a really good insert, by the way. It's a really nice insert. Everything fits really well. There's a nice cover for this little tray that pulls out for, that holds the runes, uh, which the runes are really cool, too. We should say that. Like, the uh, the components for those, they're like a Bakelite um, plastic kind of resin. But the tray for the cards is really deep. So, like, you know room. That, room. that add-on expansion thing is coming. They, they've planned ahead for that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, cool player boards. Everything's really nice. I, I'm really in, enjoying this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of get to know the cards a little better and some of the cool powers that the hero and anti-hero cards do. So uh, there it is. That's our first look at uh, Call to Adventure from Brotherwise Games. Good stuff. All right, stay tuned for more on Board Games Daily. We'll be back with other things. <laughs> I don't know. Soon. <laughs> Hey everyone, AJ here. We're giving you the topic of the week. After last week's discussion of the cage fight between Catan and uh, Carcassonne, I began to think about the pillars of gaming, the foundations on which most hobby games stand, or almost all hobby games stand. And these games could be pillars of gaming for so many reasons. It's not because they're the best, maybe at one time they were, but it's because they have the mechanism that sticks out when you say, tile placement, you think of this certain game, or maybe it's the most readily accessible at like almost any store, even like a Target or a Walmart, or maybe it's because when you go even over to even an entry-level gamer's house, they're going to have this game on their shelf because it's the one that gets them in. Uh, It's that kind of that gateway game a lot of times too. So what are these games? What do you think of when I say tile placement? Most people would say Carcassonne. When somebody says deck building, most people say Dominion. When somebody says resource management, maybe most people say Settlers of Catan. That's a questionable one. When you say uh, cooperative, most people are going to say pandemic. When you say set collection, most people say ticket to ride. And there's so many more. We could do social deduction. We could do hidden movement. Um, Hidden movement, people would probably say Whitechapel. That's just, and remember, we're opinion based here. So like I said, these are what people might say. These are what I might say, uh, thinking these are the pillars of gaming. So with that said, which one is still in your collection? Which one still hits the table? As we know, these are the foundations of, of mechanisms for the gaming industry. There are so many games that are better than a lot of these games now. For instance, my favorite deck building game is, uh, is Thunderstone Quest but I still have Dominion. Dominion would be like that foundational one on which Thunderstone Quest stands. So uh, for me, the game that's still in my collection that I still play all the time is Ticket to Ride. 
This game wore thin on me for a while a couple years ago, and I, I got another set collection game that I liked a little bit more called uh, Royals. But that game has, again, taken a backseat now to Ticket to Ride ever since the expansion of Pennsylvania and UK. These, these expansions added so much cool stuff to the game that it breathed new life into Ticket to Ride for me. Just when Ticket to Ride was about to leave my collection, uh, it's, <laughs> this expansion kept it in. So, and now I, I, there's not a set collection game that I'd rather play than Ticket to Ride. So uh, for me, it's gonna be Ticket to Ride. I still love that game. We wanna hear from you though. Which pillar game is still in your collection and still hitting your table? That's it for now. Check you later. Hey everyone, Firestone here, weighing in on AJ's topic of the week, which is about pillar games that are still in your collection. Now, I think, as I understand it, a pillar game is like this quintessential game that represents some kind of a genre, and maybe it's been eclipsed since then by other games, but you still keep it around for whatever reason, because it's still a great gateway to that mechanism, because of nostalgia or whatever. I can think of a couple that I have. One of them would certainly be Ticket to Ride, like AJ mentioned. It is a... A great set collection game. It's also the game I used as um, kind of a non-gamer, the gateway game for people. If people were coming over, I could break out Ticket to Ride and say, hey, let's play this. It's not too difficult. It's fun. There are good decisions to be made, colorful, things like that. Easy to explain. And I think that's been eclipsed in some senses by things like code names um, and, and games like that. But at the same time, I it stays in my collection because I still bring that out when I think of non-gamers. When I have non-gamers coming over and I'm in my stack of games that are potential, it's going to be Ticket to Ride. Now, more and more often, they've often played it because board games are becoming more popular, but I keep it there. And as AJ also mentioned, those those expansion maps, they just add life to the game. They add some complexity for those that want it. I mean, we've played the Pennsylvania one quite a number of times now and it adds a stock option that's not too heavy but also just makes it more of a gamer's game and more interesting than the kind of this the plain old vanilla ticket to ride that you've played so many times so that one's going to stay there and i can't see it leaving anytime soon when i think of things like area control there aren't that many area control games around anymore but the granddaddy of them is el grande in my opinion it's a fantastic game practically perfect game and i love it I also haven't played it in probably six years. <laughs> so it just doesn't make it to the table very often, but I'm never getting rid of that game. There, I don't think it was ever eclipsed. I can't think of a better area control game that I like more. It is amazing. I love it. It's perfect. And for some reason, it just never hits the table. So I don't know what to do about that. There's probably a couple others, but that's a few that I that I thought of off the top of my head for my collection that are hanging around and I can't see ever getting rid of. So what about you? What are some games that are kind of the quintessential for a mechanism, even if they're not the best in that category, but they hang around because of some reason, nostalgia or the great gateway, gateway games or whatever. So let us know. Chime in. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, guess what? That's going to do it for another episode of Board Games Daily. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it, man. What a packed just a jam-packed episode here. 
Uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Don't forget, if you like the show, please share it. Wherever you share things on social media, tell people about this awesome show and the fun times you have listening to it. We super, super appreciate that. Again, a big thanks to our sponsors today, both Brother Wise Games and Perplexed Games. Check out Roland Wright. Super awesome looking little roll and write game. And uh, what else do I need to say? Call the hotline 216-352-3864. What pillar game is still in your collection? What what's what makes it so great or maybe not so great, but it's still the game that defines the genre? Let us know. Call that hotline and we'll get you in on the show. Come back on Friday. We've got Kickstarter Weekly coming at you and we've got another cleanup section as well. So that's going to be happening and who knows what else we're going to be it's going to be awesome i don't know it's board games daily we always do fun things here so check it out i'm going to get out of here for now but for my co-hosts aj skiffstad and scott firestone i'm jeremiah isley saying you know what you should play board games daily thanks for joining us today Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.